You're listening to Dear Alice, a lifestyle approach to interior design. Okay, Sue. So today we are going to talk about one of our most asked questions ever of all time. And I think our social media gets asked the most. Mm -hmm. And um, our social media isn't run by us because we're busy designing homes. So it's um, the questions go to a very knowledgeable staff member, but she often doesn't know the answer. And what she mostly gets asked is, what wall color did you use? And we're like, oh, geez. I mean, we can give you the wall color, but I think Sue said it best when you said, hey, Jess, what's your foundation color? I want to try it on my skin. (laughs) Yeah, it makes no sense. It doesn't make sense, guys. Yeah, totally. Because I basically have jaundice and I'm really, really yellow. Yeah, and I'm basically, I don't know, I'm very fair. Yeah, so putting my foundation on you would look... Like terrible, terrible, like terrible on you. Doesn't yeah, make any sense. Yeah, you're a warm blonde. I'm a cool blonde. Exactly, zero sense. You are a cool blonde. Yeah, oh, thanks. <laughs> you're welcome. Okay. So anyway, today's question is: What are your secrets when picking the paint color for a room? How do you pick the perfect pink or blue or gray or whatever? So let's tell the people the secret so that they don't just have to ask people on Instagram and then just use somebody else's foundation on their face. No. <laughs> You guys, we pick the paint color very last when we're designing a room. Now, a lot of people are... Whoa, whoa, whoa. I think you need to just break that down okay. for a minute because you just I'm broke back. everybody's brains. Sorry. Say y'all. it one more time. Okay. When we're designing a room, we pick out everything else, starting with our rug, like we talked in episode one, uh-huh. and then we pick out all the other things. And then after we know all that, we have context to what the room's going to be, what the style is, if we want it to be dark or if we want it to be light that's when we pick out the paint color because there is a million different paint colors that you can choose. Look at the paint deck. It's super overwhelming, right? Everyone gets overwhelmed when they see one of those paint decks. But once you know what's happening in the room, you take your fan deck and you start to understand what do you want? Do you want pink? Do you want to be more gray? Do you want to be dark or do you want to be light? Mm -hmm. So it's really hard unless you're just, again, trying to just make it really neutral at the very beginning and you don't know exactly what you're doing in every space. Um, In that case, yeah, we could... We can tell you some of our favorite neutrals, but to just say, I want that pink in my room, it's not going to make sense unless you have all the other ingredients. Yeah. Or even I think neutrals to me are like a really sensitive thing because you hear people all the time say, oh my gosh, that taupe is way too pink or it's Mm -hmm. way too yellow or, and some people are like, I don't even know what you're talking about. It just looks like taupe to me, Mm -hmm. but you can fan out all your taupes in the fan deck on top of your furniture story, all of your fabrics, finishes, everything. And you'll be able to figure out which taupe flatters your palette the very, very best. Same thing with whites. You, you know, if you're using other whites in your home, using a, a simple white can, um, fare too yellow or too pink or too gray or, do you know what I mean? Or Every too bright. Or too yeah. bright. Too bright of a yeah, white. I think we, that's probably the greatest offender is yep. too bright of a Simple. white. Yes. Yeah, it's just hard to be in that space. There's just something that's uncomfortable. Yeah, it feels uncomfortable very clinical and very insane asylum. I feel yes. like their walls are padded, yes. actually. Or I feel like I'm at IKEA. Oh, no yeah. offense. Yeah, no offense. Offend, <laughs> offend them, Sue. <laughs> I'm, I'm offended. Um, yeah, don't. Then we always tell people when you do, if you are talking about whites, Always pick something that's going to, it's always more flattering if it's a softer, more bone organic white. Yeah. Because it'll look more expensive when it's a bright white or it feels, again, clinical. Mm-hmm. It feels, it feels cheaper. It yeah. doesn't feel as lovely It feels or like high you end. just grabbed a can of paint off the shelf and went home and put it on the walls. Or primer. 
looks like primer. Looks like you primed. You forgot yeah. to put the second layer of paint on. Yeah, let's Am dial right? that in. You know what? Here's here's what's gonna blow your mind, people. The paint's gonna cost the same. No matter if you <laughs> if you go with the cheaper looking white or the more expensive looking white. So let's just do what we can to make sure that it looks as dialed in as possible. Let's make you look expensive. Yes. yes. I feel like that's Warm our job of the interior designer. People always say that. They want us to make them look expensive or like yeah. they have great taste. But or cooler than they actually think they are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's the best compliment is when someone goes into their house after we're done and they're like, I had no idea it was the school. And we're like, we saw it all along. Yeah. You are the school. Totally. So well, make and here's, yourself look cooler. Here's one more rule. Um, paint is the biggest impact you can make in a room for the least amount of money. Amen. Yeah. Preach, sister. So let's just get it right because it's the least expensive thing we can do to make it look really rich or really awesome. Yeah. So um, how do we go about doing it? How do we choose the perfect color? Uh, Sue said, um, if we know our rug and we know all of the fabrics and the other finishes in the room, then we can often spread out our deck on top of them and we can sort of figure out how to flatter best what's there. I was going to say too, if you, that's ideal. And most of, most people are like, I don't, I don't know what my rug is. I'm not using a designer. I just need to paint my house. I really want to refresh. Um, I think it's a good idea if you know that you really are being drawn to these pinks. And you have a fan deck of all these different pinks, sample them out, sample them on your walls, go get some pieces of foam core, get little, like those little half pints that you can get usually sampled it. Yeah. We have Jones paint glass, but you can just go grab one and then just start sampling those on your wall. And even if you do have your rug and all your other pieces of furniture to like kind of go off of, it's still great to sample a couple just to make sure you know the right paint color. And that you're going to be happy with it before plastering the whole place. Mm-hmm. And I'd say sample it on a few places in the room mm-hmm. because the wall where the sunlight is hitting it in the room is going to be obviously the brightest. Mm-hmm. And the sun coming in is going to cast some warmth onto it as well. So make sure and sample it in the shadows and, you know, around other finishes that maybe are not changing um, near those wood baseboards or near the wood floors. Make sure that you really like what it's doing in the space with yes. all the different finishes coming together. And make sure you like it. Don't ask too many people. Oh, preach. <laughs> don't, yes. don't ask your neighbor. That's the most frustrating thing is when we've gone through this whole design process and we have these paint colors and and Jane Doe comes back and says, oh, my neighbor, she says it's pulling this. And you're like, well, what, what did your neighbor study? Let's talk to her some more. But really, it doesn't matter what anybody else sees because we all see color differently. Mm-hmm. We all feel differently in different colors. Like, for example, we always, it's really enlightening to go into people's closets. We'll tell you this time and time again and look and see what colors they're drawn to because those are the colors that they feel prettiest in. Mm-hmm. So just how you see colors differently and what you put on your body, you're going to see colors differently in how you you know, in your spaces, in your rooms. So don't care what your neighbor thinks. Don't care what your mother-in-law thinks. Care what you think. Love your color. Yes. Amen. Speaking of looking good in your color, I'm trying to think of something to share with you that I believe is true about color. And I feel like right now in the space of time that we're in, that colors that have an undertone of warmth are more beautiful to my eyes than colors that have an undertone of being too cold. And I feel like as humans, our skin tones look prettier in a warmer white than a cooler white, in a warmer gray than a cooler gray. Mm-hmm. You know, and even think about pinks. There's pinks that are bluer and there's pinks that are warm and clay-like. 
I'm always going to go toward a warmer version. So if that's helping you when you're looking at those fan decks, you're going to look better as humans in your space and it's going to feel a certain way. And I, in my mind, feel a little bit more expensive and a little less warehousey. Mm-hmm. And when you're looking at those fan decks too, because I remember... I know Benjamin Moore has like a historical section. Yeah. You know, and those ones have neutrals thrown into the colors. Mm -hmm. So they're a little bit more easy on the eye. They're not quite as fluorescent or ultraviolet as some of the true colors. If you want, like if, if you're a 10 year old girl and you want a bright pink room, that little girl is going to pick a different type of pink than you probably would pick. Right. Yep. Um, And yours would definitely be more flattering than the 10 year old pink but that's something too to think of. It's just when you're looking at the colors, make sure that there's enough like neutrality if that's what you're going after, mm-hmm. which is probably what we would suggest. Yeah. 99% well, of the and time. I'll say this too. Um, you're probably thinking, what brands of paint should I look at? Question. So Ben Moore, or we call it Ben Moore in the office. It's Benjamin Moore. Suzanne was just referring to within his paint deck, there's always a section called historical colors. And then each of the paint colors starts with an HC, which stands for historical color. Those colors were used throughout history. They're tried and true. They're proven. They're not usually ever trendy. Um, Maybe they're trending at the moment, but they're not, they're always pretty safe. And people actually, when we're choosing paint for them, will go, oh, this is a historical color. And, oh, their shoulders let down. They feel a lot easier knowing that people throughout history have used this color and mm-hmm. it's been a good one. Um, ben Moore does a really good job at using colors in general throughout his paint deck that are somewhat analogous, somewhere in the middle. They're not too straightforward navy blue, too straightforward red. They're these sort of in-between shades that are really beautiful for rooms. If you like pure chroma, you love color. Sherwin-Williams, right? Sherwin-Williams. They are the MAC cosmetics of paint. They love pure color. And we were working with Plaster, actually a gentleman who does plaster, an artist, artist. yes, a color chemist. He loves color. He loves Sherwin-Williams colors because he's working with this pure color that aren't watered down or diluted or sitting in the middle of colors to be more analogous and get along with everything. And so he's really good with the Sherwin-Williams deck. If you're just getting started and you know that you love neutrals, just go to Benjamin Moore. There's really no point in playing around with Sherwin-Williams. If you know you love a historical color, you want something tried and true, you want a European aesthetic, you're going to love Pharaoh and Ball. I was just going to say. Yeah. Yeah. There's a depth and a quality to their paints that um, you you really can't go wrong in their deck. It's a really small deck mm-hmm. and every color is 100% yeah. awesome. Which all of you are going to love that too. The size of the deck won't overwhelm you because- yeah. Yeah, it's like the 31 flavors, basically, yeah, totally. of, of paint, and it's all beautiful. Mm-hmm. More expensive, for sure, um, but but I think tried and true. Um, Corey, you did a little bit of research on Pharaoh and Ball. What's, what is the difference in price between the two? How difficult is it to get? Just from, from what, I, what I can find, like per gallon, I, I think it was like 20% more or, or something like that. When I painted um, a room in my house, uh, I use this, this Sherwin Williams color, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and this guy who I came to when he came to me, he was going to do my kitchen, so he's going to like match my living room to my kitchen. Yeah, and I gave him the Sherwin Williams color. Like buy this. He texts me and he said, uh, "He's like, hey, I I found the same color at Home Depot. Can I use that?" I was like, "You know what? You're the expert. You paint it." Uh, I came in the next day after he had finished, and I like walked into my kitchen and it felt like an igloo. 
we had this like pretty like warm white in the living room and it was like blue and he saved, he said it was half, it was like half as expensive as the Sherman Williams, but like he ended up spending like twice as much because I made him repaint everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the Farrowin ball was like 20 to 25% more, mm-hmm. but it's like just spend the money because it's just makes the world of difference in the feel of your wall and stuff. Yeah. And even Corey's not a decorator and he could feel the difference. So it's not even for people that are extremely, extremely discerning and talk paint all day, every day. You knew it from your naked eye that this was not right. Mm -hmm. The way that it was mixed. I I trusted him as like the, I was like, yeah, like you know what you're doing. Like you do this every single day. Yeah. And when I walked in, it was just like, it felt really cold. And I was like, this isn't the color. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, when we took like the plastic off from them, like, you know, like taping off one room to the other, it was like, and they were both white, but they looked night and day to each other. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, it was crazy. So, I mean, I learned my lesson, thankfully at not my expense, Yeah. but I would never cheap on that yeah. because I learned, you know. Did you know that 35% of adults report experiencing poor sleep quality? Let me put you onto something that is going to transform your sleep. Cozy Earth Bedding is temperature regulating people. This is huge. If you and your spouse... Do not sleep at the same temperature, which most people don't. I'm freezing. My husband's hot. This is a massive benefit and breakthrough for us when we started sleeping on Cozy Earth. You can both sleep on the same mattress with the same sheets and be completely comfortable. They also have a 100-night sleep trial guarantee and a 10-year warranty, which I don't know of anybody that does this. They're that confident in the product, and so am I. When I first touched Cozy Earth products, I could not believe the soft hand on it. It also almost has like a cool feel to your hand. To your um, hand, it's like slippery dolphin. Like your feet swishing around is so so addictive. I can't sleep with anything but cozy earth sheets. I'm obsessed. Um, also, you need to treat yourself to the ultimate comfort with cozy earth. I love the sleepwear. I love the sweats, and the bedding is amazing. You can prioritize your self care sleep health if you just head over to cozyearth.com and use the promo code dear alice for an exclusive 35 percent off you guys we don't have to wait for a sale you can use this anytime again the code is dear alice for an exclusive 35 percent off better sleep awaits you with cozy earth i learned that so i think that's a great lesson to learn though is that just like where you get it from whether you got it originally if you if you like that color in home depot had created or whether you bought it all at Sherwin Williams, stay consistent mm-hmm. and like go, if you can go to Sherwin Williams, go to Benjamin Moore, go to Farrowin Ball, mm-hmm. go to the manufacturer of the color that you fell in love with on yes. the swatch. Yes. That will be the truest. And just so you know, just all paint will have like a 99%. There will still be a percentage chance. It might not be exactly that. That's one thing we've learned from working with cabinet makers and, mm. and painters for this long is that it's, they're always mixing it in that batch. So when you are painting something, go ahead and get yourself some extra to put in a closet should something happen. Should a, you know, mm-hmm. a fist get thrown at a wall? I yeah. don't know. Whatever it is, uh, you know, Juicy. kids. Kids, I know. Jeez. Um, anyway, just 
that's one thing I feel like we are always that's running into. Advice. Just yeah, just get yourself we, some extra. You know, what? it's not even just with paint. We see it in dye lots with fabrics and wallpaper. Wallpaper yeah. with so many things. So yeah, always get a little bit of overage. That's great yeah. advice. Okay, let's talk about the fifth wall. Ha. <laughs> yeah, I love the fifth wall. <laughs> yeah, do you want to tell people what the fifth wall is, Sue? Ladies and gents, the fifth wall is your ceiling. Don't forget about the ceiling, the lid on your whole room. I think this especially pertains to when we're wallpapering a room. When mm. we're wallpapering a room, say we found a really great wall covering for a powder bath and we're going to put it on the walls and say it's a dark field. Say it's like navy blue or black or something and the ceiling is still white after we paper or we're not papering the ceiling. You, that ceiling needs to be addressed. It you, and I think most commonly we'll take the field color of the wallpaper mm-hmm. and paint that ceiling just to make it feel like an environment and that you're cocooned, you know, in this experience and the mm-hmm. wall covering and the ceiling isn't forgotten. I think that's one of the things we, like my eye goes, yeah. it always gets drawn to the highest point of contrast where a wall meets mm-hmm. a ceiling or another plane and it wants a continuation of the story. Yeah. I love that. Speaking of the story in the powder bath, um, the powder bath is a place where you can absolutely go all out. You're never going to get sick of it. You spend five minutes in there. Your guests go in there. And it's a place to really have a big experience mm-hmm. in a small space. Totally. So we're all about wallpapering the powder bath. And like Sue is saying, don't forget about the ceiling in there. But also in the powder bath, you could break the rule and paint your base molds and your door casings and the interior of that powder bath door a color to go with the whole cocoon because just like the fifth wall, if, if the ceiling were left white in the Navy blue powder bath, if the door is white and all of the casings and everything else, then those are just lines for your eyes to go to and get hung up on. But if it was all swallowed up in the same color, then that's when you create the cocoon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So don't forget to paint those spaces as well and really just take it all in. It's, it's like such gorgeous square footage and we just would love to maximize that experience um, in the powder bath. They're like the pocket square of the home. Exactly. And if you're not even wallpapering the walls and you're like, I want to do something in there, but I can't afford wallpaper, paint it a really fun color. Paint yes. the walls, paint the ceiling, paste the, paint the casing. One thing we like to do is like, if imagine a paint strip and you have the darkest that goes to the lightest square on that paint strip, is you can take like the deepest color and that's the color you paint your, your casings, you know, and your door and then the walls, you can lighten it up. But just that tonal difference is interesting mm-hmm. if you can't do a wall covering and... Yeah, yeah, same thing for that. a room. Like uh, an old decorator trick is if, say, your daughter wants a pink bedroom, let's say that you choose one of the, the deeper shades down on the color strip, use the lighter shade of pink for her ceiling. So you still mm-hmm. get that light effect, but at least it's not white against the pink. It's it's more of a nude or, or like a blush hanging out up there, and then you can deepen down on the walls. But it's all part of that same strip. It's all speaking the same language. They all have the same undertone. And so it kind of takes the guesswork out of it if you're like, oh, no, not only do I have to choose one <laughs> paint color, I got to choose two now. That's a really easy, um, easy old school decorator trick. Just use the same color on the strip or use the same family of colors on the strip I should say and you can always change up the finish as you should Mm, on all your trims good point on all your trim work and you know your casing around your door your actual door we usually like to do something that's a little bit higher gloss we'll do a semi-gloss you could do a gloss gloss typically most of the time we do a semi-gloss and on our walls we'll usually do a satin Mm -hmm. I think that's our most common unless you're trying to achieve something you know extra 
yeah. you know, then we can go glossier or lacquer or something. Ooh, we should have a podcast just titled Extra. Ooh, extra. And we'll talk about Excess. all the extra things <laughs> that we like to do as designers. Oh, I have one uh, other thing too, just yeah. a mistake that we see a lot is if you have a vaulted ceiling or if you oh, have weird yeah. soffits or things, <laughs> builders love to call. Say you have a weird soffit that's hiding ductwork down in a basement. Do you guys know just, what a soffit is? They may not. Talk about a pitch ceiling. Okay. So Maybe that'd be a, easier. A pitch ceiling is like when you have obviously vaults or something like following the roof lines of your home. And a lot of times people will say the wall ends at the crotch of that wall. Uh-huh. <laughs> part yeah. Of, part of my language. So, so you but, guys know like in a pitched room, that means that the wall ends in the shape of a triangle because the two um, parts of the ceiling are coming get down on the pitch of that sort of triangular shaped wall. So I'm um, sorry, continue Sue. Yes. I was just going to say, take your wall color onto the ceiling. Don't stop it there. Just again, and put the whole environment, whether it's neutral, whether it's colored, don't stop it at that, at that crease mm-hmm. where the wall meets the quote unquote ceiling. Yeah. Usually builders, you know, they will usually put anything that's on a flat plane, like a ceiling plane, mm-hmm. as white or a ceiling color, and the walls will be another color. But you end up with this weird patchwork effect of all sorts of different colors meeting up different with each shapes. other. It's weird, and it's your hard eyes, to relax. Yeah, and you don't know why Things you're nervous look in this room, right? Yeah. But when you can just environment yourself, envelop yourself, I say. Um, you should just paint your ceilings the same color as your walls if you have irregular architecture. Cheers. How about that? Irregular architecture, paint the whole thing. Oh, million dollar advice right there. Amazing. Okay, let's talk about, can we talk about accent walls? (laughs) Do you know people still ask? They still ask that question today. I feel like accent walls haven't been done since the first season of HGTV shows, but they're still doing it or they'll only do finish work on one wall. Yeah. What's wrong with the other three walls? Commit people. (laughs) Yeah. Go all in. Let's get some commitment. I think the accent wall, we always say it looks like you ran out of, we ran out of paint. You guys, do you know what the accent wall It's It's usually like, it's a model home trick. You go into a room, they paint the back wall of the bedroom red, and then they put the, the bed on the red wall. And then all the other whites are taupe or white or something. And you're like, why only one wall? Why Just, was that even a thing to begin with? Like, why oh do that? Oh, man. I don't know, but we all look terrible in red paint. Just, that's something I learned in school. Oh, yeah. My, one of my teachers said, yeah, don't ever paint a bedroom red. You'll look terrible in the morning. Yeah. Don't do it. Oh. All the blotches show up. So, heads up, never paint a bedroom red. Thanks, Sue Hall. Unless more it's a brothel. More fantastic advice. <laughs> yeah, truly. No judgment here. <laughs> if you're building a brothel, build a brothel. It's very sexy. But also, but. don't paint it red because... Your ladies aren't going to look pretty in the morning. No, it'll feel like a hot topic. Don't do it. <laughs> totally. Don't go there. Oh, we digress. <laughs> I, Suze, I think you explained it to me one time about like accent walls and how like when you see the corner of where the accent wall starts and then the kind of where it ends, it's just like it contrasts so much there. And ever since you've told that to me, like whenever I've like seen one, I've been like, yeah, it's just like this weird like buildup of tension. Yeah. And it makes you want to fight someone, doesn't it, Corey? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Makes <laughs> That's me how cool. soon I feel. We feel like fighting someone yeah. when we see an accent wall. But try that next time you go into a space and you see like a really shocking accent wall, notice where your eye goes to first. Your eye goes to where those two colors meet up. Instead of noticing anything else that's beautiful in the room, it goes to that tension line. So do yourselves a favor, commit, 
buy the second can of paint and paint the rest of the, the rest of the four walls, cheers. including the ceiling. Yeah. It cheers. Okay. I love it. Circling back to yeah. exact numbers, I just looked through my notes and found that like, so you can go to Sherman Williams, you can get like a can of uh, a gallon of paint anywhere from 40 to uh, it's like $65. Yeah. And um, Faro and Ball is going to cost like anywhere from 80 to 120. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I thought. Yeah. And, and in some cases it's yeah like 20 to 25% difference mm-hmm. unless you go like all out Faro and Ball, then it'll be a little bit more. But yeah, I mean, I personally have not used that paint. You guys have? Yeah. I mean, it seems like... Go use some, Corey. I need to. Yeah, you'll feel so rich. Yeah. I, I actually painted my master bedroom like right before we moved in because it was horrible wallpaper. And I've never enjoyed the color, to be honest with you. Ooh, Ferro and Ball. Yeah. Yeah, I, see I think, what you think. Yeah, I think it's time. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe Turn you're kind report. of a Sherwin-Williams guy, though. You're a good time. Yeah. You're I'm, like the I'm Matt fun. Cosmetics. Yeah. Rock star, everybody. Did yeah. you know that Corey Place was a rock star? Yeah, he is a he rock is. star. Mm-hmm. Spirit yep. City. Yeah, check it out. <laughs> Hashtag. Hashtag Spirit, Spirit City. Um, okay, we have another question, and it's about wallpaper. Should we talk about wallpaper now? <laughs> Are you guys ready to move on to wallpaper from yeah, paint? Yeah, Okay. It's Do back. It. By the way, it's back again. Back from the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. We gave it a break for a little while in the two, early 2000s. In such a big way. I think it was always there. We just picked the really bad ones then. Yeah. No, <laughs> no it was just amateur hour. It was, amateur it was hour. everything else. That's the 80s and 90s. The wallpaper from before. So a lot of you, like my mother's like, never again. And you're like, no, mom, really, it's back. It's repented. It's better this time. I promise. It's good. <laughs> but I think if you have PTSD, then you're never going to want to do it again. But it's so much better this time around. Oh, and it's, yeah. such, it's such a hero too. And again, if you just, even if like you've sworn it off forever, just even go and we can even like, what, what are some? of our favorites just go to their website even like you could even go to anthropology mm. anthropology does a great job yeah at putting a bunch of good ones together and yeah and you've anyway, probably seen it on pinterest like. a ton yeah oh so great so our question is is wallpaper in entry foyers outdated this is coming from angela arnett we're at we're answering this for you sue hall is revved up and ready to go no my, Let eyes, it out, my eyes are doing something right now okay <laughs> no it's not it's not out what was her verbiage is wallpaper in entry foyers outdated no no we're bringing it back i think in a foyer you know depending on your size and mm-hmm. the home um, yeah. i think it's a good preview if you are a good time and you love color or you, and you love pattern or you're, you know, like the inside of your coat is really exciting. Do something yeah. in your foyer. Cause again, it's kind of like the powder. You're not there for very long, but you're there to get, you know, kind of a peek into what you're about to experience. Yeah. It is the trailer. It is the preview to your People home. say it's the appetizer of the yes. meal. Yeah. So I think that it's a really great place to make a big impact. Totally. Not everybody has a big foyer, which is an even better reason to like wrap mm-hmm. that in some pattern and make it exciting, confuse the eye, make it so that they don't realize how small your entry is. You just give them a big experience, slap them in the face slap with it. Slap them in the face. So great. We're doing a remodel with the gal right now and we're going to do Gracie paper in her entry tiny space but oh my gosh can you imagine opening the door people are going to go wow really exciting so um to that we answer yes you can absolutely put your wallpaper in an entry foyer yeah it's like when you go to a good restaurant and you're like this looks good I better go check out the bathroom yeah (laughs) you know you know like give them an experience yeah they won't they will have to go see the rest of your house. Totally. So just be expected to give tours at that point and show yes. up for the rest of the house too. Yeah. I mean, obviously this advice is coming from designers. So we love to design and 
we want to make each room feel really special and like every wall has been considered, uh, including the ceiling. But yeah, wallpaper, it's a thing. Here's a wallpaper question. Is there a place in the home where someone shouldn't ever wallpaper? It's like, that's a no, no wallpaper zone. I mean, the practical advice in me wants to just say wallpaper is expensive. Um, and maybe it doesn't feel expensive just to buy wallpaper, but to install wallpaper, to hire a good paper hanger and have him come out and do the labor to put it in and to commit to something, it's a pretty big deal. And yeah. And so to, to the practical side of me is like, no, I mean like wallpaper or anything, but just like, you know, it'd probably be a waste of money to do it inside of a closet or well, actually, oh, well, there's an exception for all actually, things. Yeah. We, do some, and sisters. we do some pretty <laughs> amazing closets that are more like rooms and those are dressing rooms really, um, yeah. that have a good amount of square footage and we want to really make them fashionable. Yeah. We're actually going to still wallpaper a closet, Corey. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't know. Is there a space you wouldn't bother wallpapering? A utility closet. Yeah. Don't, don't put the, a garage, like a garage. <laughs> yeah. Don't wallpaper a garage. A garage. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and even if you don't want to do, I you know that we just talked about the ceiling, that mm-hmm. fifth wall. In Tiger Oak, one of our homes that we have in our portfolio, in the parlor, we did a wallpaper on the ceiling and we just painted the case and the doors and the walls, all this really deep, moody, saturated color. Mm-hmm. And so, but that was very intentional. So yeah. that is an, I don't know. It's, the fifth wall, people. It's the fifth, it's the fifth wall. And that was, that's the only accent wall I would do. If I were to just do one wall, and yeah. you're not going to do the rest of the room. You can do the ceiling. We give permission. Yeah. But just don't do the accent wall when there's three other walls that are adjacent it that aren't getting the love. Yeah. I love that. So. Also in a bedroom, I think ceilings are fun to wallpaper because you're actually laying on your back looking up. And that's a really fantastic time to do an accent wall if you don't want to fully commit or pay for wallpaper for an entire room. You can just hit that up, especially if you have a, an architectural detail like a tray ceiling um, something special happening up there. It's really great to highlight it. Coffered ceilings. We've yeah. put wallpaper in between the coffers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But pay attention to your wall color when you do do the ceiling. Like make it intentional that they connect. Yes. So to connect all those five walls to one another and, you know, mm-hmm. connect paint. meaning connect. using a similar color. Yeah. Using a similar color is something drawn from that wallpaper for the walls if you're going to wallpaper the ceiling. Yeah. So good. Intentional. I love it. So, um, when to use it, when not to use it. We're saying just use it. Oh, crazy. Just do it. Have it's, a we're good like time. Michael Jordan. <laughs> Only we're not. We're, we're like Nike. Just, <laughs> just use it. <laughs> yeah, just use the wallpaper. It's a game changer. It's amazing. If you're a little nervous about it, there's grass cloth for you. Um, that is a uh, woven, um, you remember it from the seventies only it's way better today. It's very refined. Um, the grass almost looks like hair. It's so fine the way that yeah. it's woven on there. They have metallics, they have colors, they've got beautiful sheens. It gives texture to the walls and that would be a way to be a little bit more neutral about it, but still give the room a feeling. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. very organic and can definitely, yeah, you feel it. It's a feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. It looks expensive and yeah. 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 It's not just paint. (laughs) Yeah. And if you, if you know that at some point you are going to wallpaper, do not texture your ceiling or your walls. walls. If you're going to wallpaper, because otherwise your painter is going to have to come in and float your ceiling. So it's smooth because you don't want those bumpy ceilings showing through your wallpaper. Nope. And if you're doing a new build, just have them do smooth. 
Yes. That's ideal. That's what this wallpaper hanger wants. Yep. And that's what you're going to pay for him to do if you don't do it in the first place. Amen, sister. Yes. 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 Well, that wraps up wall coverings and paint. I hope you guys learned something today. It was sure fun sharing with you. Let us know if you have any questions and we'll see you next time. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like our show, please leave a five-star rating. 